gentlemen, welcome to the podcast called The Art Tenders. This is Danny Lavelle, and I am joined this week, as usual, by my co-host, Mac Welch. And this week, <laughs> we'll be discussing a movie by Akira Kurosawa called Seven Samurai, a movie where some farmhands, you know, from a nearby farm, some, uh, some farmers, you know, recruit, are able to recruit seven samurai to help protect their town in this movie from, I believe, 1954, and, and, it, and it is a long, long movie, um, but it is... A brisk three and a half hours. <laughs> a brisk, if you can, if you can say that for sure, um, but a classic herald, heralded by um, many, and I think it's clear when you kind of see, oh man, I recognize this trope, and it's because this movie uh, originated it. Um, yeah. But one thing that it's it's hard not to discuss this immediately, you know, from the forefront. But like you said, this movie is a brisk uh, three and a half hours. Yeah. Well, what, one thing that you were talking about, though, originally whenever you were pitching the movie, is that you called it a slow burner. And I have a fight to pick with you on that one. I don't think it's a slow burner. I think it's actually really exciting. I think a lot happens really fast. It's just a really fucking long movie. <laughs> I I agree. There's just three and a half hours. I agree. Um, but but the reason why I called it a slow burner is because like to g- actively get to the sort of action that the movie is building towards. I mean, the movie is called Seven Samurai, right? They don't recruit you know all Seven Samurai until like more or less the halfway point of the film, but even then the halfway point of the film could be the length of a movie in and of itself. You see what I'm saying? So there's the movie. The big reason why I called it slow burner is because I felt that the movie really takes its time in the story that it wants to say. And it's not necessarily like, I shouldn't say like without action, because uh, I feel I still think there's plenty of action, there's plenty of tension throughout the film, um, but it definitely takes its time in the story it wants to tell. Um, one thing that I find kind of interesting that we that, that that a lot of people do nowadays is that we we uh, compliment a movie on being efficient and quick, and whenever um, it's a fast paced movie. We, uh, we, t- we talk about that being a highlight of it. Now, with this, that's not really the case, but, but is it... What, what, what do you feel that um, this movie wouldn't really exist nowadays? Um, partially because people wouldn't fund it, and partially because no one would really be interested in watching a three-and-a-half-hour movie. What do you think about that? Um, I've, I've, well, the only, I feel like the only exception to people wanting to watch a three-and-a-half-hour film is probably like the superhero movies nowadays, you know. I forget that but, they're but that the, long I, though. But really it's only for example like Avengers Infinity War and Endgame that are like incredibly long, but they earn that because they have films and films and films behind them that they used as a sort of build up to this moment and the amount of characters in that is absurd as opposed to like there's a lot of characters in this film right here um but nothing to the amount that those films share. So those films, like, in order to effectively yeah. really tell the story of so many characters who already have these sort of arcs going on, they need to take that time because, it, like I said, there are so many. Um, 
as opposed to this one. This one is just one story. It completely stands on its own. Um, and even though there are like very yeah. distinct characters, some get more love than others in this you know one-off sort of film. Um, it's it definitely yeah it takes its time, but I do kind of agree and see that I don't think people would be interested in the runtime because immediately, at least for me, like I've always wanted to see this film, but when I see the runtime, I get a little bit intimidated, even though there's an intermission, you know. It's a put off, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and I think that it's also um, it is it's it it feels taboo to take a break in a movie, and so with with this movie, I really actually did take a full length break. You know, like I I really did get up at intermission and go off and and, and do my own thing, and then come back for the next like hour forty five minutes. Um, and it was sort of refreshing not having to yeah. like sit there through the whole thing. Yeah. Right. It was, it was actually kind of nice because, because also it made it easier for me to, um, ponder what I had seen so far and remember like character names or situations or where everyone is because I actually have a really hard time personally. Um, especially because I have like just the worst ADD in the world. Um, as you will see throughout the course of the show, um, <laughs> with, <laughs> uh, I have such a bad time with remembering scenes that happen, remembering character names, remembering um, uh, the, the the way things go down and what order they went down and things like that. So, so this movie actually helped a lot with that, which I didn't expect of a three and a half hour movie, but you know. Um, yeah, I my personal break that I took was a uh, coffee break. I'm sorry for interrupting. What were you going to say? No, I, I, I was going to ask, um, did this feel kind of like a play to you? Yes, um, but I want to hear the reason, uh, like, absolutely, and I had that thought multiple times as I was watching yeah. this movie, actually, but I want to hear as to why you think, or why you were reminded of uh, a theatrical format for this film. The, well, the very first thing, because there was a lot of different things throughout the movie, but the very first thing that I noticed, and, and the very first thing that felt like a play to me, is that it was... Um, it wasn't that there were a lot of scenes because nowadays and especially in, in, in the movies that we know, there are a lot of scenes. Like there's like 50 scenes because, and, and, and there's a different location for every one of them. Um, but with this movie, it feels like there's a lot of scenes, but there's really not. Um, there's a lot of French scenes um, with, for anyone who doesn't know it's, it, it's, it, there, there are a lot of times whenever a character exits or enters or they change locations and go to a different place, but that doesn't stop the scene. It's the same scene. It just moves into a different thing. And yeah, so I think that's why it felt like a play to me is because setting wise, they really only go to two places and, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and their time skips are really elegant. Um, they're not harsh. They don't need to narrate their time skips. It's very mm -hmm. Shakespearean. It just ends up in a new time. And then somewhere in the scene, you figure out that they're in a different time. Like, it's, it's yeah. That, that, that was the first thing for me. You can kind of figure out that the movie takes place, I, I would probably estimate, around a month yeah. at the most. Yeah. You know? But, but, it, but it's really clear when, weirdly enough, even though the whole movie's in Japanese, I was able to keep up with it really, really well. It, it, there, there was no information that I lost. I don't think there were just a couple moments where, like, there was a certain emotional response that I was like, "Is this? Is is there something that I missed, or is there like some sort of cultural divide that I don't completely understand 
why someone would feel that way about something, things like that that happened. What what, what do you think about that? I see you nodding your head. Well, I, I I do want to talk about the cultural divide, cultural divide that we yeah. just share with this movie, and that's I mean that's just the case of it. Um, but really fast, yeah. I want to comment on as well kind of the difference between you and I's thinking as to how I also saw it as a piece of theater. I kind of saw it like a piece of theater, not just because of the sort of settings, like it was very limited settings, only really between the town and the, well, the, the, like this, uh, the merchant sort of like commerce commercial town and the town where the farmers live. Um, but primarily it was for me, it was how the movie was shot. Right. And so the movie had a very distinct relationship with the foreground and the background. So it felt so much like I was looking at a stage, right? And so we we would get these, you know, a lot of, mind you, we would still get close-ups, you know. Um, But for a lot of these shots, they're just big, wider shots, you know, where you see multiple characters. And it's this beautiful sort of orchestration of this choreography that this, this movie has where it feels like I, I I couldn't tell if the director Akira Kurosawa was specifically telling each of these people all right do this do that do this you're going to do this in relationship to this all right now you're going to move to this position you're going to kind of like climb over this person right here but these sort of it, but it felt hectic at the same time and it was just that's weird. a good word. It was that's, yeah, that, that's a good word. But hectic in the best way possible. Like yeah. it, it still felt incredibly organized. Control but chaos. There was there was this sense of like intensity in the moment, right? Right. Um, I think another and, thing. And this constant having to deal with something, you know, as you were yeah. going to say. The, the, I, j- just like you were saying, the, the making the sh- like pulling the shot back and and showing a lot more of the actors. I have not seen in a really long time actors in films actually have a relationship with their body um, and actually use movement as a medium of acting. That's really a theater thing. That's not really a thing that I see in movies ever. Um, could you could you give an example on that? Uh, oh, their 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 relationship with physical comedy. Like, sure, they made funny faces and stuff, but it it wasn't about. Um, the the comedy didn't come from the air the comedy didn't come from the relationship the comedy didn't come from the eye contact or the delivery the, the comedy came from the body um it was uh uh and and that actually reminded me of um the difference in the forms that they're coming from um because it, it's it's the 1950s right and in Japan um right. and they're coming like they're fairly new in the in in the film game, just like everyone else is, pretty much, and so they have to take uh, they 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 have to take inspiration from their theater, from the their 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 styles and forms of acting and directing that they already know work and exist and that they're practicing. Mm-hmm. And so for them, they didn't. They're really new in the realism game. Like realism didn't really actually hit. Japan until I think 1909 whenever the free theater came in from Helsinki Mm -hmm. um that was like look at you flexing this research watch out kid watch out uh (laughs) but uh that was their first really dip into realism before that it was just kabuki it was no it was bunraku um Mm -hmm. uh 
and but the sort of like exaggeration yeah on the stage where and this i mean still interesting storytelling but like i'm nowhere near for the most part realism yeah exactly like they they had um they had, they had very re- little relationship to the text it was all about how the text informed the body and it was the body that that um, told the story to the audience rather than the text, which is not an American thing. Like, that is so not how we see storytelling. Um, but, yeah, th- there was... Like, th- it reminded me of... Uh, uh, one of our professors, um, Stan, always talked about, like, it, it, in an ideal world, you'd be able to mute theater just like you would a basketball game and keep track of the score. Um, and that's my favorite one of my favorite quotes and especially like in terms of directing and this movie that is ex- that is the epitome of this movie you were I, able to mute it and keep track of the score i absolutely agree and i think obviously i think the biggest character that kind of displays that is the character of kikuchiyo um if i, I agree god i pronounced yeah. that correctly um but what how did you feel about I, I guess the acting of that character, that character was uh, performed by, and I am I am ready for a massacre on uh, both <laughs> upon me and uh, potentially upon this name that I'm going to pronounce. But uh, Kikuchiyo was performed by Toshiro Mifune. Um, how did you feel about Mifune's uh, performance of this character? Did it feel out of place? Um, did you enjoy it? Was did you throughout this character's arc? Was there something that you took away? Well, like, what what are your comments? I guess overall on this character and this character's relationship to the entirety of the film. I think that one thing that really helped me with that character is that he was constantly portrayed as the clown. He he, um, maybe initially he wasn't written that way, but the way that everyone responded to him, the way the other characters responded to him, the way that the children of the village responded to him, they responded to him as if he was the clown. Um, and so that I think was, was the big difference maker for me. So I think that might be a directing thing. Um, but, uh, the story of, of, of the character, like the, the, the arc of the character, I mean, um, was fairly clear. Um, but I felt like him, mm-hmm. along with a lot of other people, uh, took too much stake in consistency, um, specifically in their body and voice, um, that that even uh-huh. though their characters might have changed and they voiced different opinions, they still didn't, didn't look any different. They didn't sound any different. You know what I mean? They, they, they didn't seem, like, changed... Um, by uh, the, the the happenings of, of the story. What, what do you think? I, I see what you're saying, and hopefully me describing the moment will kind of like light the light bulb for you. Um, but I, yes, I, I had that similar particular experience after when he saves the baby um, from the uh, burning house that the village elder yeah. lived in. And so, and so, to briefly describe the moment... Kikuchiyo, uh, you know, witnesses uh, a man, his wife, and their child go across this bridge that they're taking down this bridge to the village elder's house, which is across from this bridge, um, and everybody knows that they're going to destroy these houses. But the village elder chooses to stay in this house. Um, so at the very last minute, this family goes over to the house, but they don't come back. So Kikuchiyo, and eventually joined by the sort of, like, head samurai of the ragtag group Kanbei, 
uh, go over to the house and they're able to find and save the baby there. And so Kikuchu has this sort of breakdown because it was alluded to earlier in the film that he was originally a farmer and, you know, because of, you know, bandits and whatever, you know, town settlement he was in had to be driven to choices that most would consider consider unredeemable. Um, but he finds his baby and he has this sort of emotional breakdown. And you yeah. see like a tremendous growth of his character in that moment. But it's it's hard to see after that, that sort of change in his character be maintained. You know, now, now mind I, you, like yes. nobody changes in a day. Um, and this, and you know, between that moment in the film happening and the end of the film, there's only, I think, quite literally a day. Um, but we don't see him much different. We see him kind of slowly grow into more of a compassionate human being, but that seemed like a big change for him, but he didn't exhibit a lot of change. And I think a little bit of that is in the writing and maybe the interpretation of the character. Um, and I'm curious on your thoughts on that, if you agree or yes, disagree. Yes, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that that was, that was a really fucking good example. That you did spot on. Um, yeah, I, I actually would be interested to, to dive a little deeper into the, um, specifically the, 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 the voice and breath work, um, of these people, because the, the, the language is very conducive to it. Um, but also the, the, that was really clear, several times in the movie from all the actors that they had a very clear relationship with their breath but uh let, let's let's dive into that after a quick break and a word from our sponsor yeah yeah perfect ladies and gentlemen welcome back once again to the art tenders in this second half i'm gonna catapult with a question to good old mckee and wayne welch full name thank you for um, that bringing honor to my family of course <laughs> Um, so a big thing that I took away from this movie is that, of course, with seven samurai plus all these villagers, as I kind of alluded to, uh, in the first part, you know, not everybody gets the sort of, you know, runtime they need for a, you know, growth of character, but we see bits and pieces, you know, like, um, with Heiachi being the sort of like funny one and Kyuzo, uh, being the the serious swordsman, right? So we we see these sort of once again these tropes uh, of these characters, but you know, spoiler alert: when four of these samurai of the seven die, you know, and we're left in the film with just three remaining as they look up on the hilltop at their graves with the swords planted in them, and we hear the villagers celebrating in the distance. Um, even though. We didn't seem to get like big individual runtime with each of these characters, and we didn't see a tremendous growth. Like I wouldn't say the head of them all, Kambe, really grew yeah. a lot. Um, but I wanted to get some insight on whether or not you felt their sort of relationships with each other and the deaths of each individual one. For uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Heiachi, Kyuzo, Kikuchiyo and Gorobe, if you found their deaths to be, like, impactful in any way and, like, rewarding in the, in the sort of storytelling in the film. Not rewarding in the sense of, like, oh, good, but, right. you know, like, um, was it worthwhile and was it, were you impacted? Like, was it a big deal when one of these guys I died? I think that 
yes, but it wasn't a big deal emotionally. It was a big deal plot-wise. Whenever they individually died, I was never really hit until we looked back at everyone that had died at the very end. Um, th- there was never mm-hmm. a time where I really felt for them, except for Kikuchio, which I think is exactly what they knew would happen because they saved that one for last and they made that one the most noble death. Um, that he was the person that had to change the most because he was the most selfish. Um, it seems like they, 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 they right. knew that. Um, but I, I never really was hit by the individual deaths, especially because the deaths happened in the middle of huge plot points. It wasn't like huge plot point mm-hmm. and then someone might have died like, like we normally see in American movies. It's It was like, they died, but we have to keep going. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, my God. I did not even think about that. That well, I mean, this sort of, like, they have to, you know, trudge on. Like, with the first death being Hayachi, it just comes so suddenly. But they quickly, like, have to get out of there. And then you're also, like, things are happening with Rikichi, one of the, the villagers. And he just sees his wife. And his wife goes back into, yeah. you know, the burning barn to, to, to for whatever reason. And we're not exactly sure why because we never hear a word from her. Um but in the middle of that, Hayachi gets shot um, from a, from a musket, and so. But like they have to keep going, you know. So it's this sort of like we can't dwell on this right now, you know. It's it's sort of terrifying in that weird way. But um, you you were saying I agree in terms of this sort of like emotional payoff. Like you don't really get that emotional payoff. I agree until the very end when you see the graves. Um, as opposed to when they actually happen. Um, but you said, like, they were big deals to the plot. Could you touch on that, like, a little bit more? Like, what, like when one died, what was at stake? Um, yeah, I, I think that whenever I, I saw someone die, it was a lot less about... Uh, I was a lot less sad about it, and I was more interested by it. Like, oh, Fuck, what's that going to mean in the long run? Um, uh, because whenever someone died, it wasn't like this big send-off, like whenever, another spoiler alert, Iron Man dies, and then you get, like, the burger scene with Happy and the daughter or whatever, you know? Like, that, that that's super sad, and that's a mm-hmm. send-off, right? But these characters never really got send-offs. They, they died, and then the plot kept moving. So it felt like it was more of a, a, a plot point than a than a devastating blow because nothing was paused um that w- i i never got time to f- figure out that they died and feel it i got time to figure it out and then we moved on but but it does leave this sort of like oh shit moment like not just because they died but because like okay so what does that mean for everybody else y- right right well, well because like I- instead of um instead of the characters mourning and us mourning with them we just see the characters go, that's not good. And then try and figure it out. Um, and, and then go to the next thing. Cause that's just kind of how war is, I guess. But, but also it reminds me of the, um, the, the style of acting in which they're using pretty much the entire time, which is like, uh, there's, there's the, there's the big, um, debate between the, like the Western and not totally Eastern, but a little more Eastern styles of, of acting, which is like, 
which is think slash feel, then do, which is Stanislavski, which is what we all learn in America for the most part. And then mm -hmm. there's the Meyerhold, which is do, then feel. Um, and if if you your body is engaged, if your breath is engaged, if if everything is engaged and and devoted to the storytelling, then you will eventually get to a point of thought um, and feeling and and um, emotion or, or or what have you. And that was kind of how the story moved too, because that was that was how the actors were moving. The story moved with that same that same uh, style. What do you think? I mean, if if I had to like choose one, it, it it seems like yeah, definitely this film kind of lives in this sort of you know Meyerhold camp where it's I mean of course the biggest example is the sort of clown is Kikuchiyo that he's doing these right. you know big things, but it's 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 that is what is allowing himself to it internally open up. Um, so then, do you think I don't know if whether or not you disagree or agree with the Meyerhold take, but do you think like at least how this movie approached with this, uh, with this sort of method, uh, did you find it effective in the overall storytelling and like, was it worthwhile? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was really interesting to see. I, cause, cause that's just not what I'm used to seeing. I'm used to seeing that on stage, but I'm not really used to seeing that in film. And I thought it was, it was a really cool thing. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's also just really conducive with their, with their culture and language. One thing that, that is, is talked mm -hmm. about sometimes in theater is that, especially with Shakespeare or, or heightened texts or things that aren't entirely realism in, in the way that they're uh, approaching it, is that consonants hold meaning and vowels hold emotion, which I think is just, is like, I, I think that's something that can be revisited over and over and over and over and over again, um, mm -hmm. is consonants are meaning vowels are emotion and and that's really informative to directors writers actors that that as you're approaching something it's right. don't try to, to try to convey with the vowels and that's really awesome with the japanese language because most of its vowels their explosives happen super fast and they don't have like five six seven uh consonants per word like we do or a bunch of consonant sounds like we do. So much of it is full vowels, mm -hmm. and so their, their language is very conducive to them. Um, yeah, it's true. To them, just speaking the language, and then the emotion will come from that. Yeah, you know what? What did you think of the breath work? Because all of them, oh my, transversus fucking engaged. Like <laughs> the, it was like their stomachs were pulsing the whole time, <laughs> and they're and they were always using full breath, like like absolutely projecting in a way that's not normal to film what did you think about that um i there were there were definitely moments that i <laughs> i was just thinking to myself like wow i can hear the breath um <laughs> of course the particular moment that really <laughs> stands out in my mind is kikuchiyo of course everything it's like all roads lead to kikuchiyo um, yeah well because he, he's, he's really just the most does. obvious example of everything that we're talking about like everyone's employing yeah. the same things that he's doing it's just that he's doing it the most obvious and he's like laughing with his shoulders for so much of the film too yeah and even though like you take this sort of like zoom out shot and you can't really see who's who i mean you can see it in his physicality who he is and it's just like how he's moving about the space with his breath and with his body is something to just purely study you know yeah totally agree 
Um, but the scene that I was thinking about was just like him climbing trees in order to get the jump on uh, on some bandits. And you, I was just like hearing his breath. And I was like, I, I don't know why I was so taken aback from it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I just forget that. Oh, that's right. You don't. You're not privy to actively paying attention to breath, but a lot of times when you hear it, you notice it, and it's just like you can't help but this sort of like empathetic sort of uh, like physical state that you're put in that you you kind of want to like match the sort of breath and intensity that these characters right. are exhibiting. Right, and I mean that, that's that's like the point. That's like the reason that we study breathing. Like that's the fucking reason, you know. I mean, uh, it, it, um, to to imitate a time or a place or or set your body in in, 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 a, in a place um with your breath that is the same as uh as as if you were you were in a similar situation or or, or what what have you but also because whenever the audience is breathing with you they are engaged period like that's just how mm-hmm. it works and I, I yeah so the more present and forward that your breath is in the scene the more people are going to be inclined, just like you said, to breathe with you, and then they're fucking pudding. Like that's just that's just how it works. And another thing that 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 caters to that is silence, but not actual silence, just breath. My my, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Like the the words yeah. are right there, and you just nabbed them. But like that was so much of the movie. So much of the movie was sitting in silence. Well, what was your favorite example, or what was like one example that you were just like you were taken aback by? That was a particularly a moment of silence. Whenever the youngest samurai Katsushita. was caught, yes, was caught with his um, yes. girlfriend that was posing as a boy. Wait, okay, so to 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 articulate the moment, please, uh, please. Monzo is one of the farmers. He it's like the night before the final battle, and so each member of um one squad you know is is allowed one at a time to go and see their family for the night because it might be their last day on earth right so he's trying to find his only family member his daughter shino um who is i mean probably like 18 17 like god knows but she's she's a Mm. young woman and actually finds his daughter um just after you know this sort of let's just say night um with katsushido um you know when as you know other samurai jokes you know that he became a man you know in that moment but that sort of silence where he comes out of that katsushido comes out of that hut sees monzo monzo is just like silent and just staring and then Shino comes out and this sort of like relationship that's happening all entirely without dialogue is, is so enriching. And it's like it's not violent in any way. And of course, it's led by a moment right afterwards that's incredibly loud. And Bonzo is actively, you know, trying to beat and calling awful names to to his only daughter. Um, But it's this moment of just tension where like it's not the most important thing that's happening in this film in terms of these characters lives but it's the most important thing in that in that particular moment and you feel every second of that scene i totally agree and 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 it's purely because so much of it's yeah just like you said so much of it's silent and so much of it is is just breath it's it's really really smart shit and and 
even more than saying words or picking a side is whenever people either go and engage with one of the people that are involved in the drama or they walk away. And that's the lines. Like, that's the that's their version of text. Um, which is awesome. Because mm-hmm. I, I think in their mind, the, uh, the, 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 the text is not just the words being spoken. Because, like, in Shakespeare, there's very little stage direction. It's just, like, the words being right. spoken yeah. is, is the text. But the text to them is not... The, the the thing to be worshipped is not the things they're saying. It is the things that, that their characters are choosing to do. Which, again, just like we're fucking saying this entire fucking time, wraps back to the Meyerhold thing, wraps back to the Kabuki thing, wraps back to the do-then-feel thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all in the same camp. Truly. And even though, like, some of these characters, like I said, 20,000 times, that they don't get as much as they, as much love as you would like in this sort of storytelling, but in the moments that they are on this screen, at the very least, their relationships with one another are incredibly clear, you know, yeah. for the most part. Um, and it's just a treat to watch that the text is only one thing. The text is only one part. And for the most part, like all these actors and the director and Kurosawa saw that, yeah, the text is only one part. The text is only going to get us so far. But what's really going to sell this film is is believing in these characters and like knowing who these characters are to one another. Yes. Very, very, very good observation. I totally agree. I want to ask um, a quick question. Yeah. Because there is one character on my mind that we have not discussed that is my favorite character in this movie, which is absurd that I, I've yet to discuss this character. Wow. Um, but I want to ask you really fast, was there any, were there any characters for you that you were not expecting to form this sort of like relationship with or you felt like you were not expecting to feel gravitated towards this character, but then at the end of the film – you were like, man, like I can't stop thinking about this particular character. Were, were there any characters that, you know, had you take away something? Not quite. Usually, I'm I'm drawn to like to like random people. It was the first time in a long time that I was actually really drawn to the main mm-hmm. samurai leader, Takambe. Yes. Uh, yeah. Every single time that he stepped in, I all of a sudden was more comfortable. Partially because I really liked his style of acting, but also just because he was just kind of a badass. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested who you're talking about. What to briefly say about Kambe, what made him so interesting is that like, you know, even though he doesn't necessarily grow throughout the film, he's this amazing foil to so many of these high intensity characters. Um, and he always has this like clear head. And so when he does this sort of, you know, the boiling over moments, um, they're super duper just rich and it, it, it grabs your attention immediately because yeah. of just how beautifully this character is set up. Um, but he earns, he earns the shit out of his moments. Oh, oh, my friend, that's, oh, earns them. My, oh my God. Like it's, it's about. Three and a half hours to earn them, but he does it. I know. Well, and I, I did this movie in Injustice, but I, I realize now the more and more I think about this movie, like even though it's three and a half hours and you're sitting there for a while, and I called it a slow burner, but the movie picks 
up. Yes. Like when you start really investing in this sort of not just individual characters, but the group. Yeah. That is when really this movie picks up for me. Um, but the character that that I personally just adore and uh his relationship with Kikuchiyo was the farmer Yohei. Really? And if you don't remember Yohei, he is the um as he is the old man who always has this sort of droopy face, his mouth is always open. And I was not expecting to love this character as much as I did. Mind you, I think a big factor was like his face just reminded me of my great grandfather. That'll do um, it. <laughs> the sort of that, that characteristic. There was sort of a familiar familiarity to him, but he also like some of the villagers had arcs of their own. Rikichi had an arc regarding you know his relationship with his wife and his relationship with the rest of the village and the sort of leader he becomes and monzo has this um sort of development where you know with his relationship with his daughter shino but i found yohei's to be so fascinating because the two scenes that i really think about and i really gravitate towards you know one of these beginning scenes when there's still uh in this commercial town and Yohei was sleeping with the rice, but for some reason, all of the rice that they had was stolen. And he's like weeping over it and is not physically able really to do anything about that. While, you know, jump to the very end of the film and he, there's this sort of relationship that grows from Kikuchiyo, like making fun of him and abusing him, but in this very sort of friendly, familial way. Um, and it's like, it's this weird sort of tough love that at least I like, yeah. I read very clearly and I'm sure like other people would be like, man, that's, that's tough as hell. Um, but like, it was super clear for me, that sort of relationship that Kikuchiyo like actually loves Yohei, even though he's always making fun of Yohei. And at the very end, you know, compared to the beginning, Yohei dies, um, protecting his, his village and says like, something along the lines of you know look i was i stood by my post or like i was protecting us like something along those lines and those were his last words and i don't like you don't spend a lot of time with yohei you really spend you know more time with like kikuchiyo and how you know he interacts with yohei but it's it's one of the few characters in this film that like I have a hard time finding words for because of how much I just loved that character and I'm I have some like ideas but like I said I'm not entirely sure why mm. and I mean but that's that's just my takeaway and I honestly selfishly exciting, wanted man. to talk about Yohei because I mean how could I not <laughs> I know I'm glad you did that's that that was clearly the 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 most intense emotional response you had to the to the whole thing and that's really exciting that's super exciting and that's also exciting that 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 an actor was able to do something that you weren't really able to explain but was still super effective um Mm -hmm. because that means that that's just more studying to do you know absolutely um do you want to segue into slice of the week i believe the best kind of segues or these sort of segues that we announce are segues so you know what i am i agree going to I so agree. Uh, <laughs> That's the only way to do it. Uh, so yes, I am going to segue into the um, slice of the week, and the slice of the week that the song I want to share, even though we cannot 
physically share it, but you know, we just want to, you know, slip it in there for you to listen to on your own time. See if you enjoy it. See, you know, what you're vibing with. And the song that I'm resonating with today is a song by, and I hope once again I'm pronouncing this name right, uh, Labi Sifre. Um, and it is a song called Crying, Laughing, Loving, Lying. Um, there is an album of that name, you know, the same title, um, but this is the song from that album. First of all, the whole album is fantastic, crying, but uh, Crying, crying laughing, laughing, Loving, Lying. Yes, Crying, Laughing, Loving, Lying by Labi Sifre. Um it's a pretty short song, um, but it's it's brisk and it's beautiful and it's nice. And with that being said, I believe it is now your responsibility to go listen to that song. Perhaps if you know if you want to take it like that. Crying, laughing, loving, lying. But in essence, really, I think the big takeaway you know from this film, it's a fantastic film. I can't help but yeah. recommend it. Uh, I hope Mac feels the same way, Mac. Yes, absolutely. Nothing, nothing but a brilliant study. You know, even though it's long, it's enriching, and there are a lot of films nowadays that can't help but take inspiration from this one. So I think it's definitely worth a watch. All right, anything else, Mr. Welch? No, just thank you. Thank you so much for listening. All right, thank you very much. Have a good one.